Welcome back to the DFB Podcast. I'm back here with Mitch and Scotty. We're breaking down all things Bears and Jags from this past weekend. The difference uh, the last few weeks of the seasons have made for the Bears, and it's quite a quite a historic run they're on offensively anyway. I mean, I know that there's been a few stats that have been floated around, but um, before we get to that, just initial takeaways uh, from the game. What do you got for us, Mitch? Sure. So um, the way that I like to kind of go, you know, start it off is, is going back to our predictions from last week. Um, you know, I, I think I had something like a 33, 13 type type win. Um, I'm thrilled to see it um, pretty similar to that. Um, as we discussed last week, um, we're really, you know, I'm just, honestly, I'm just thrilled the coaching staff didn't fuck this up. Um, you know, the blueprint's been made, uh, you know, what's worked the last four or five weeks is going to continue to work. Um, you know, they fed Montgomery the ball. I don't think enough, but they were, they didn't have to, they were timely with the carries, which I thought was, was great. Um, again, I thought Mitch was good. Um, I think that's just the word I'll use to describe his last four or five weeks has been good. Um, good enough to win. Um, he made some decent throws. He missed a few, um, continued just to make that one, one mistake that, that will always have you questioning, you know, is he the guy, but, um, you know, he did what he had to do. And, and I was expecting to see a, uh, a first team all pro type performance from Roquan Smith and, and he delivered, um, and, you know, we were expecting him to kind of play with his hair on fire after what happened with the pro Bowl. not that they, you know, it's the biggest deal in the world, but, but, uh, he showed he was the guy. So, um, those are kind of my big takeaways. Uh, Scotty, why don't you uh, give us yours? Um, yeah, to keep it short, I mean, this is kind of what we expected. Even though the season's been up and down, we expected a three-score victory. And uh, to your point, I mean, Montgomery's just staying hot. And you just know this run game is going to carry over, hopefully, to next week because the Packers don't have the best run defense, too. But also, I liked how Artavis Pierce had two carries for 26 yards. So maybe he can get four or five carries next week since Patterson is kind of out of the picture for the run game. But I like how we had six different receivers with a catch. So I liked how Jimmy Graham stepped up, had two touchdowns. And you like to see him as a threat again because he's been a little quiet the last few weeks. So I'd like to see him get involved. It was good to see that. And just A-Rob's been off the charts. And He's just been consistent. And to your point about Roquan Smith, I've been high on him all year from the first game since last year and actually since when he's gotten drafted. He's just – he's that anchor in the defense. I think he may be the most valuable player on this defense this year. And you saw he had two picks, ten tackles. He's second in the league in tackles for loss, and he just keeps showing up week after week. And he's still a 25-year-old guy, and he looks like he's 30 out there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of all I got kind of what I expected. Trubisky made that one mistake, like we always say, week in and week out. But, I mean, he's playing good football. I mean, he's doing his job. He looks like he's more relaxed and calm in the pocket and rolling out, and I feel like they have good game plans with him. So that's what I got. Yeah. No, I agree with what you guys have to say. I texted you guys, I think it was end of yesterday or whatnot, you know, is Roquan the – or hot take, is Roquan the best player in the defense now? And I think that you guys have both made cases and I think his play all year long has made cases that he is um, probably the, the you know, top one or two player on this defense. You know, you, you still still don't know where 94 is on the field, still don't know where 52 is on the field. Um, you know, 96 was not whole, you know, involved. And all of those things are scary to me. 
considering this, this the, the matchups the next few weeks, you know, um, if we get lucky enough to get in the playoffs after, you know, potentially winning next weekend, we're going to be facing some of the top tier offenses. And if he can't get pressure against Mike Glennon, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit nervous about this defense walking into the playoffs, if, if that's going to be the status quo. So I think Roquan popping yesterday was huge. Um, and for this defense, you know, if you can't ride the energy off of the, the, the breadwinners, the, the big contract guys, then it might as well be 58 because he's been playing really, really well lately. Um, I do see him as a pro bowler. I do see him as an all pro player uh, caliber guy, but unfortunately he just didn't get the votes this year. I don't think so many people think about him um, the way that they do some of the other guys. But yeah, offensively, Mitch is going to be Mitch. You know, that's why we're going to consistently argue until the end of the year if he deserves the contract extension, if he deserves the franchise, if he deserves another chance in the Chicago organization. That's going to be a huge discussion point for the next few weeks. And I'm going to get sick of hearing it and get even more sick of, you know, talking about it. But he is what he is. He plays like a rookie at times and uh, he just shows that he can only do the things we, you know, when you put him in the perfect position. So I think overall, it, I didn't, I anticipated this to be a trap game. So I'm actually pretty surprised that, and pleasantly so, that the Bears came out and they took care of business. Cause I, after that first quarter, I was getting a little itchy, like, oh man. After the second quarter, it was like, oh, more of the same. And then they came out in the second half and really stuck to them. So there's a lot of good that came from the game. But uh, overall, I think, uh, you know, you look forward to bigger and better things in the future here. I liked how they, uh, had 21 points in the third quarter. And uh, I know we're advocates of saying when people say, oh, they're trying to tank for Lawrence. I mean, like we said, the front office, you never know what they're thinking and, and they're never going to say it publicly about how they feel. But, I mean, you saw how Mike Glennon was playing. I mean, they're playing their tails off, these guys. And that running back, I can't pronounce his last name, the guy who filled in for James Robinson. I mean, the dude had – yeah, the guy from Wisconsin. He had over 60 yards, and you know this was—he had over 70 yards. This was a life or death game for him. I mean, he's playing for a job, and why shouldn't he be the second running back for them next year behind Robinson? And uh, yeah, so I mean, I'm happy to see 21 points in the third quarter, even against a shitty defense. But I think that was a good sign. They came in hot. But uh, yeah, I liked what I saw, to be honest. Yeah. Um. Again. Darnell Mooney is just playing his way into a, a 1B type guy for sure. Um, you know, it's, I, he's, he's opening the, the he's making the discussion. I don't want to say easier because, because losing Allen Robinson is going to be, is potentially a terrible thing, but he would make it easier if you do want to go a cheaper option in free agency, if you want to bring in somebody else, he, he's starting to, to make his name known that he could probably be a one guy across from, from an, an acquisition. So, I loved his production. They're starting to get him the ball in space and they're starting to get him the ball early. You at the start of the, you know, the season he was Scotty had a great comparison and Deshaun Jackson. He was a vertical threat because he was, you know, burning guys with great route running, but now they're getting using him in screens and they're getting in the ball. Um, and some jet sweeps too, which is sweet. So um, and to your, Scotty's point, the tight end, tight end production, as we're seeing in the modern NFL is, is becoming one of the most important things. I think um, it's, it's a mismatch nightmare. And we're starting to have mismatched nightmares all over the field with, with Graham and, and Komet. So I think, I think it's there. I think they're starting to jive at the right time. Um, and that kind of leads us into our discussion about, you know, the Packers and how we think we stack up. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's a golden question. I mean, we haven't been yeah, able I mean, to. 
You guys good? You guys hear me? There he is. Okay. You good? That on you. Yeah, I got yeah. you guys. Sorry about that. Um, so I said, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the age old question here. You know, we've been, we've been kind of a little brother to the Packers for the last several years out of the last 21 matchups, they've won 18 of them. So I would, they've been dominant and especially against uh, this Nagy regime. I'm pretty sure they've only, the, the bears have only beaten them once. Uh, so once out of, I guess this would be the sixth attempt coming up on Sunday. So there's a lot to be proven here for this young bear, not even young anymore for this, for this, uh, experienced Bears team, and, and you really just need to you need to put the hurt on number twelve if you have any chance of winning this game. I mean, I, I, I will continuously ring that bell um, every single week if you can apply pressure in this league, you have a good chance of of making a, a, at least being in the game. And we got to see more of it. We have to. It's it's not it's it's inexcusable if they if they don't do it on Sunday. I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll win if they don't get a turnover. I agree. And he he has he has four interceptions and he's probably the most controlled quarterback of all time. I, I think that's a good word to say. Maybe, I mean, the dude has like less than seventy interceptions in his career. So, I feel like their only way would be some sort of turnover. If that's a fumble, if that's a pick, inside their own fifty to give us field position for at least a field goal. I think that's our only way, to be honest. I don't think they can win. They can match the scoring with them. I, I mean, the Titans The Titans have a shitty defense, and they put up four. I mean, they don't have a good defense, but, I mean, they're a playoff team, and they made them look like the Jaguars yesterday. So I it, think you need a turnover. It, it's really, it really sucks when you have to go so deep to say that the health of a rookie cornerback may make or break this game because yeah. – if if he's out, if again Johnson, which the, I mean, I'm sure he he there's a good chance of that. They are gonna absolutely they're gonna they're gonna negate Fuller's side of the field entirely. And honestly, knowing Rogers, he still may go after him. But basically, they're gonna do what Kirk Cousins did. They're gonna negate that side of the field, and they're just gonna pick apart, um, you know, that side of the field with those quick slants, and and, and we're gonna get gashed. So it's gonna come down to that and probably tackling. And and the tough part is with Kyle Fuller, like you know how we always stays on that one side of the field. He was an all pro in 2018. Just Devontae Adams uses the whole field as we see week in and week out. I don't, I mean, I never, I never played with him. I know. I was just going to say, I never played football, but there must be a reason because Chuck Logano and Vic Fangio coached him and the secondaries coach. I just, it's just tough though when you have a top five cornerback who just can't follow the best receiver the whole game. There must be some to it. Just I don't want to go in depth there. Yeah, maybe Logan oh, uh, could, since he played, if he yeah, can so talk over, about. Depending on how they work their scheme um, and what position players uh, travel to the strength, uh, there's a whole lot of different situations that occur. The defenses that I played with, the, you had the, the, the boundary and the field cornerbacks. So it was not, they stayed on their, their respective sides, but it was boundary and field. Um, this is entirely different because I've not actually seen Fuller ever leave the left side if you're viewing mm. from your couch. So he's always on the left side of the field, which doesn't really make any sense to me schematically. There's no, there's no, there's no advantage to have that necessarily. Um, usually when you see a, you see a field in a, in a boundary corner, and generally you want your better corner to be the field because they could play in more space. Um, but as far as what 
what the Bears are rolling out, I agree with what you guys are saying. I would put, if I was Pagano, this is what better time than now and say, hey, Fuller, you're, you're traveling with Adams. Anytime he moves across the field, you do that. They do that with Stephon Gilmore in New England. They put him on Just the say, fuck it and do it. Side. And if you do that, I mean, obviously Kyle Fuller's not without blame. He does make his fair share of mistakes, but, you know, he, he definitely is, gets called with T.I.'s. If you, you have the best chance if you do that. I'd rather see that happen than Kendall Vildor getting stuck with his pants down on a third and long, and then all of a sudden you have that, you know, back-breaking play late in the game that, that Aaron Rodgers preys on. And how many times have we seen that at, at Soldier Field when the game's on the line? So I would prefer them to do that. Will they do that? Most likely not. Um, they, they're seeing I mean, if, if you guys – Go with it, Hallis with this, so I'm not sure why. I mean, if Devontae Adams, if, if that happened, if that happened, Kyle Fuller traveling him, which won't happen probably, if he gave up 200 yards to Devontae Adams because, like, his footwork was different on the right side of the field instead of the left side, I'll just tip my cap and say, fuck it, we lost if Kyle Fuller was on him all game. Because if this defense gives up 40 points to the Packers, I, like, wouldn't be as mad because it's just what, what they've done the last three years. Like, I would rather – yeah, I mean, yeah, it'd just be frustrating if you see him line up with our slot guys and Vildor. It, I would well, just love to see them change up there, like him following them. You know, game. you can't. You know, you can't blitz him, Rutgers. Right. Um, you're he probably it out like that. right. You're probably not going to touch him very much. So again, it's going to come down <clears throat> to whoever's filling in a corner, whoever's playing corner, and then again, our tackling. So it's going to highlight Roquan's ability to go sideline to sideline like he's done. And it's going to put a lot of fucking pressure on him because we've heard Rogers preach his praises on past middle linebackers here and how smart they always are. And Roquan looks much of the same. So this is going to be a huge test to him to see if he can disrupt Rogers and that flow, because I, I don't think we're going to touch him very much. I would expect no, and look at, look at what they're on him probably the entire game. Look at their run game yesterday. The Packers, AJ Dillon hasn't played all year and he had 120 yards and two touchdowns. So, I mean, he gets the ball out like this, and they have one of the best run games. You didn't even need to see Aaron Jones yesterday because A.J. Dillon looked like fucking Sean Alexander. Such a so it's like I, I'm just – it's hard. It's going to be – they're the best. I'm not that, that's, that's, that's where a guy like – that's where a guy like Akeem Hicks has to play, right? That's where a guy like Akeem Hicks has to show up, and he needs right. to make sure that those guards and center double teams that he's going to be seeing don't push him down the field. Because as soon as you can start plugging up those holes, Mac is going to be solid because he always is in the run game. You know, Quinn's actually not been as bad in the run game all year long. He's actually held a pretty decent edge. But as far as, you know, if you can stop those early on in the game and establish that we're here to play as a defense, then you pretty much make them one-dimensional, which obviously you have Rodgers, so that could come to bite you in the butt. But if you can do that and then get some pressure in his face, you might be able to, you might be able to keep the score down. And that's what you need to do because – Mitch is going to be stupid with the football. He just is going to be. He's going to make one or two really bad mistakes, especially in the red zone. And that's something he refuses to change. I'm not sure what it is, but he refuses to change that about his game. And and I just, when I think about it, and I think about the defense that they're going to be, you know, rolling out, they can play with the best of anybody. They just need to actually perform on the field. you got to see these guys win their one-on-one. That's the key to the win. Well, to your point, the red zone efficiency is where it's going to come down because, as we know, Bears are always bend, bend, don't break. We're not getting the turnover, so we're not going to hear. So I listened on the Pat McAfee show like three weeks ago. 
uh, Rogers was saying how thrilled he was because it's like he, their goal is to be the first Packers team ever to finish in first in red zone efficiency, and it was like seventy seven percent they were on pace to finish. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so it's an absurd number. So that's gonna so so I mean I know we've highlighted a few different things, but at the end of the day, in most games are decided right and in the red zone. Um, that's gonna be the biggest thing. Can we continue to to play well there, and, and can we you know stop them from scoring eight out of ten times? It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, the, the good thing is we're going to be at home. I mean, I know there's no fans in the stadium, but that always does change the culture. You know, they're not you – know, Green Bay's not used to, to necessarily the, the break to the wind of the stadium, things of that nature. Uh, probably Crosby might be, though, because he's played for so long. But if you think about it, and it, the turf is always a factor at, at, at Soldier Field, whether we want to admit it or not, and that's going to potentially play to our benefit. But there's a lot of things that we can do as a defense to, to make sure that this offense doesn't go off. And – and if we're able to put those in today and tomorrow in practice as a team, then you never know what's going to happen. But I, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily love the Bears' chances if they if they allow, you know, if they allow the 12 to get outside the pocket, if they allow the running game to get going, it could get ugly quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, to, to your point, Logan, I haven't heard much yet since they're still in the thick of things and all that, but when you're talking about free agency, I mean, it could be 96 last game too. So you think that maybe if he has an idea with that, I mean, he's a crazy dude. So you got to think that could play a little factor too. And uh, yeah, to your point, they're home. So that's all, that's one plus. I mean, just as a human being, just sleeping in your own bed. And plus they could go to the stadium a little later since they got flexed. So yeah, I mean, right. I think their only chance is getting a turnover, in my opinion, to, to your guys' point, too. You can win that turnover uh, battle. I think you're in really good shape, like you said. I, I mean, 12 does not put it on the on the, the ground very often. He doesn't put it in the other team's hands very often. But, you know, he has looked human. I, the way that I – you know, I think back to that Tampa Bay game that Green Bay just actually got just demolished. Um, I think it was week six or something like that, week five, right around there. And they just got demolished by Tampa Bay. And it was just, they broke their will so early that they had never had a chance to get going. I think Rodgers threw interceptions on back-to-back drives, one of which got returned for a touchdown or something like that. It was like unbelievable. You were like, is this Aaron Rodgers you're looking at? And if you can get those echoes, if you can get those feelings of, oh, shit, you know, kind of going through the Packers um, front line and, you know, oh, man, 52, I have to guard him. If you can start making them think that way, then you get, then you pretty much break their will, and it's up to you. You know what I mean? If you got like 52, got like 96, those guys could easily dominate this game. Um, I just haven't seen it in the last few weeks. It's been, it's been, it's been quite a while. So they're due for one. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, we'll see. I, it's, I think, you know, as, but you can, you can harp the same thing on our side. You know, we're playing the best football we have in weeks, and so are they. So sure. you can make the same arguments on our end. So we're both playing our best football. Uh, which I think makes it even more exciting. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be you know I, I it, but to as we've been preaching, it, can we score enough points to, to to keep up with them? And I don't think it's going to take thirty. I don't think it's going to be that many. But I think if you can get to that twenty-four to twenty-seven, I think that's that that's going to you know got to be the goal. And I think the first half is the key. I mean, you saw uh, yesterday we came out flat, and the first half was still close, and we knew they were still going to win. I mean, that third quarter was 
was uh, the biggest part for us. But I think if they come out hot in the first half and if we outplay them in the first half, I think we got a shot because I think that third quarter yesterday, I mean, that was – we haven't seen that in the last couple of years. So if we get some some points in the third quarter, if we play a good first half and start off hot, I think – yeah, I mean, why, why not be positive? I mean, fuck, you know? I don't want to think about management, fire – like, I, I want to like, – let's just try to – Bears fans, let's try to be positive. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, well that season. conversation's over. I mean, they're, these guys are right, back. They're right. back. Yeah, so, they're back. You know, which is fine. I mean, they've, they've earned that right, I think. I mean, they, they they got this right to the points where you're fighting for a playoff spot in week 17. So, Which is all we live for. Whether we hate it or not, you know, I'm over it. I mean, it's, you know, fucking draft position, guys. Whoever cares about that who's listening, 20 to 12 doesn't make a difference, okay? No. So when we, you know when you win your fourth or fifth game, I mean, just get it out of your head. It's not, you, when you, if you want to go get a guy, you're going to have to trade for him. So I was going to say, he's always aggressive. So he might yeah. trade up eight you spots for that tackle from right. Northwestern, never... give up a fourth round pick. So yeah, not he's to get off, aggressive. not to get off topic, but um, you know, it's, they've earned that right to come back next year and, and, and they have a really good chance whether they win or lose to go to the playoffs. So um, I'm not too pissed about it. I, you know, I, I hope 10 can come back for one more year. I'd rather see him than see fucking nine roll out there with a with a rookie behind him, um, and I would rather address it the year after. But I, I'm pulling I'm I'm pulling for the kid, man. He's he's yeah. You, you got to push your chips in the middle this year. I mean, I yeah. know I'm a, I'm as much of a realist as I can be when it comes to this Bears Bears team because I've just been so la la land my entire Bears career. I'm just trying to put it in perspective this year. I think at the end of the day, nothing has really changed for me. I think that there are some huge huge blunders uh, by the coaching staff and the front office, but we can put those conversations aside until this run is over. And I think that's where the Bears fans, you know, we should jump on the bandwagon because, you know, I, I bet you if you ask the fans of New York Giants in 2010, you know, when they were, when they were making their playoff run, were they thinking about the draft? No, because they were playing the Super Bowl. You know, and obviously that there's a very huge, huge, you know, hindsight will be that will be the owner of, of what happens in that conversation with the 2020 bears, but you know, you never know. I, I always think back to the, the game with the, with the year that the Packers won the Super Bowl. the bears were the number one seed and they let the Packers into the playoffs and then had to face them in the championship game. Right. Because they, they sat all their starters and they, whatever. Now yep. that's obviously, you know, semantics and just kind of a funny push and shove, but that's the kind of shit Aaron Rodgers lives for. So you, you, you bet your butt he's going to go out there Sunday and give it his best effort to make sure that he doesn't have to see this, Bears team again because rather you know regardless how bad this team really is or good they are you do not want to face a divisional opponent a third right. time a year yeah. which is sure. still a possibility we could you know I know Scotty's got a bunch of uh, scenarios planned out for us but you could theoretically play Green Bay in back-to-back weeks if we get the seventh seed and they get the second seed so we could theoretically play them on Soldier Field on Sunday and then turn around the next Saturday or Sunday and play them in Lambeau so there's a possibility for that to happen you know, already. Yep. So they want to try and delay that as much as possible if they can. Yep. Yep. Now there's, it's amazing how, uh, how this, how this game became so relevant. You know, it's, uh, we thought it'd probably be a fire sale by now and, and, you know, maybe even Green Bay sitting their starters for the right reasons. But so, I mean, let's go, let's go right into it. I mean, that's, that's what everyone's looking forward to. So, yep. um, 
so Scotty, do you have do you have the standings up right now? Yeah. And um you run I'm gonna run through it real quick. Yeah, give us the standings and then we'll run through kind of game by game. If this happens, then this is kind of the outcome. Let's do it that so, way. So so right now the Packers are obviously first. Yep. And regardless if they lose, they still have the tiebreaker with New Orleans. New Orleans is one game behind. So if they both end up 12 and four, so if we beat Green Bay, they'll be 12 and four. Right. So the lowest Green Bay can be is two. So, Wait, that, um, so the, the Green Bay holds a tiebreaker over New Orleans, right? Yes. Yeah. They yeah. beat them. They beat them early in the season. Right. So, so, there's, so, so, okay. So New Orleans is either two or three. Right. So, but Seattle can still get the one spot. If Green Seattle has the tiebreaker over Green Bay. So, for instance, if Green Bay loses and Seattle wins, Seattle will get the one seed. So, um, yeah, so there's, so there's a chance we play. So, if Seattle wins, they get the one spot. And if Green Bay wins, then they get the two spot if New Orleans wins. So, um, I'd rather play uh, New Orleans, in my opinion. Even if we beat Green Bay, I don't want to play them. Packers win, they get the one seed. Packers win, they get the one seed. Yes. No. The worst they can do is the second. The worst they could get is the second seed. Right. It's only on if they lose and the Seahawks win. Yes. Yes. So if the Seahawks lose, and so if the Seahawks lose, and if Green Bay loses, Green Bay still gets the uh, one seed. Correct. Yes. Correct. So, yeah. Even I if New Orleans I, win. Yeah, so I would not want to play Green Bay back-to-back weeks, even if we beat them on Sunday. No. Yeah, that'd be Just wild. Me. There is a scenario, however, where the Bears can jump up to as high as the sixth seed. Six seed, if right. they beat the Green yeah. Bay Packers on Sunday yeah. and the um, Arizona Cardinals beat the Rams on Sunday, then right. both yeah. the Bears and the Cardinals get into the playoffs. Right. No. And the Rams uh, are on seventh seed. Right. So the Bears could um, potentially get as high as six. Correct. Yeah. In that game, Jared Goff has a broken thumb, questionable. Mm-hmm. And then also Kyler Murray is questionable too. And both quarterbacks yeah. in that game, if Murray happens to not play, both those quarterbacks, like I've never heard of yeah. before no. searching them. But even if Murray plays, he wouldn't. I, he's not going to be a hundred percent, and it's a leg injury. So, if he can't utilize his legs as much as usual, then that's an issue. Because Cliff Kingsbury, Kingsbury is always aggressive on fourth down, third and short, and every time if it's fourth and five or closer, it seems like Murray's always running. So that might change if it's close. Design. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. So I like I mean, LA's. I like LA's chances regardless of who the quarterback is for Arizona, just because how well their defense is playing. Um, They're awful right now, though. You think they have a – you like their chances if their quarterback – if Walford's playing against the Yeah, I do, because they have a really solid run game, and their their defense is – they have have all pros in every level. Goff is – I don't think they have a chance at all. I don't either. I, I also texted you guys that over the weekend, too. Yeah, I, I uh, you're trying to get that through. I, I'm not a golf guy, but 
he does enough to make them like dangerous for whatever is McVeigh. But if he's out, man, dude, that offense is no score chance. three points. No. He score three points if he's out. I swear to God. I, uh, Mitch knows I've Goff has been pretty bad. I've not. I've just been sort of a fan with him because of his track record. I just like young quarterbacks who lead their teams to Super Bowls, and he's the third youngest player to ever reach a Super Bowl. But uh, he's a smart quarterback, but he makes mistakes. So I think I really don't think the Rams have a shot. If uh, regardless, it's yeah. just throwing. It's just throwing arm, throwing hand too. Correct. Yeah. He, yeah. said, he said he was gripping a ball today, though. Like it was, He got surgery today. He did? After practice. Holy shit. So, he's done. What? John Wolford is playing. Did you just is see it? official? It? Yeah, it was on ESPN like 10 oh. minutes ago. Oh. So, he is so He's done. Sure. Yeah, he's done. Is he done for the year? Yeah. Holy fuck. So, yeah. So, wow. it's the only chance they got is – Murray doesn't play. I think he'll play. So we, yeah. Um, we gotta win. So, we gotta win. and then let's go back to the scenarios too. So if if Arizona wins and the Bears lose, the Bears are out of the playoffs because they do not own the tiebreaker over LA. LA beat them earlier in the year. So we really do need to. It's a win in your end situation for the Bears, but there is a safety guard if LA decides to show up and play. Um, Arizona tight and. And I think that they will. I, I do think that that defense that LA has is, is their top 10 in the league. So I, I think that they're going to make it hard for them. To, you know, they're going to make it a game for sure. Uh, I think the golf loss is always huge. Real quick, he's not, the other, he's not out for the year. The, he's not. We go, he's not out for the year. We go through the other scenarios, too, and we think about it. So you look at the teams at the top. You obviously have Green Bay. You have New Orleans. You have Seattle. Scotty thinks that New Orleans would be the team he'd most favor the Bears in if they matched up again. What do you think, Nick? Do you agree with that, or do you think Seattle might be the better one? Um, Michael Thomas is coming back, right? Yeah, yeah, he should be a full goal. If he's back, then I'd probably rather play the Seahawks, because I, I, I'm changing my opinion from, like, this morning, because I, I, I said this morning I'd rather play the Saints, but I think giving Breeze just one more week of this, he's going to get right. And I, I mean, I, I, and even if he's not, I think Taysom Hill is fine. So Michael Thomas coming back adds this different dimension. Al, Alvin Kamara is on a different planet. That's way too much offensive firepower for, that I think we can handle right now. And so I would say the Seahawks, because I think, you know, I don't think uh, Chris Carson's ever healthy and I don't think he's healthy again. So I think he's one bad ankle away from not even being available. So I'd rather throw all mags in that basket because their defense isn't anything is, isn't scary either. So I'd probably rather play Seattle. Their third defense has been playing a lot better though. They have two pro Bowls second. I, yeah, I just feel like if we, um, I, I yeah, just my opinion. I'd rather face a team that we've seen this year, just from my opinion. But to your point, if Michael Thomas is back and Drew Brees is uh, healthy, and this is his second to last year, so. Yeah, he might be playing. Yeah, he might be playing a lot better too in the playoffs. So, I mean, I it's just tough for me to. I just want us to win. Like, I I don't like looking at scenarios, even though we, that's what we're talking about. Like, I would I would be fine playing either team. I feel like we'd have a good chance. I just don't want to play Green Bay back to back weeks. That's just me. But, yeah. 
when, when I look at it, I kind of go back and forth, Mitch. I, I agree with you. Like it's, it's one morning I'll wake up and I'll think New Orleans is a better matchup, and the next morning I wake up and say no, Seattle is just because they have been very very solid teams all year long. Um, there's there's really two factors. It comes down to how healthy is Breeze, like you suggested, because that team was so different when Taysom Hill took over. They really got some gritty wins from their defense, and I think that ultimately the defense of New Orleans is the reason why I would favor playing Seattle. I think I said that last week as well. But you also have to look at the other side of things. Uh, Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf, right? Both of which are, are the top, at the top of their game. So you, you, there's just so many things that you have to balance when you look at those two teams. And they're, you know, you take one away, you still have the other. So when I look at it, I, I think that Seattle has a slight edge. I think I'd rather play them. Plus in their building, um, there's no fans. I think that that's actually weirdly they've been not as good at home this year as they've been on the road. Um, Seattle has, which is strange, and that's kind of actually been the trend across the league for the most part with no fans. So I, I think that I would rather travel to Seattle and and, and face them. I uh, I also think too. I feel like uh, just more record wise and playoff wise, I feel like both teams are kind of similar because they have um, Sean Payton's on. Not a short leash, but they, they need to win a Super Bowl soon with him. I mean, they've lost in Seahawks too. I mean, they won in 2013. I mean, both teams haven't been to the Super Bowl in a long time, and they make the playoffs every year, and they have Hall of Fame quarterbacks. So I feel like both teams were like, even though it's a COVID season with no fans, I feel like they're they're just in a different zone. Like I feel like they are kind of in the same boat, both teams, where they need to win like now, like, like really bad. Um, yeah. Sean Payton's in a tough spot because Drew Brees has two years left and it's hard to let great coaches leave. And even Mike Tomlin, I mean, the record, uh, the struggling they've been through, I feel like those three teams are in must win, like win now Super Bowl wise. So I feel like regardless, I feel like the Saints and Seahawks might be in a different zone this year than usual. But um, yeah, I, it's up for grabs for me, but I, I would rather see New Orleans. But yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And then you got a team, uh, and then you got a team like Tampa Bay. I know that we won't face them unless we get to the second round. But they've been all over the place too. And, and if, if I'm one of the teams at the top and I'm looking down at the bottom, I, I might can, I might rather face Tampa Bay than face the Bears just because they're so hit or miss. And the, the, the vet, I know it's, it's kind of weird to say out loud, but if I was a team like Seattle or New Orleans, I'd rather play Tampa Bay because if you're New Orleans, you've already seen them twice this year. And so you kind of have that familiarity, similar to how we would want to see the Packers. And same thing with um, – um, with uh, Seattle because you know you, you know Tom Brady's going to be immobile you know he's not going to be able to get outside the pocket and they have a really good defense in Tampa Bay but you, you kind of know how, what he used to succeed against him um, just pressure where Mitch you can pressure him he could break it loose you know same with Russell Wilson same with um, some of the other quarterbacks in the, in the NFC right now so there are there are some upside to, to playing uh, Tampa Bay over Chicago actually at this point. I, I just I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far. Um, yeah. 
I mean, well, if you're a defensive coordinator, do you want to go? Do you want to go against Mitch Trubisky or Tom Brady? That's where I I'm at too. No, but like, oh, no. I I heard I was listening to I I forgot who it was. It was one of the CBS guys or somebody, but they said in the playoffs, it's every it's all about matchups and it's it's one on one matchups and who wins those battles. As you to your point, Logan, right? And if you put Tampa Bay against us on on you know, offense and defense, it's night. I mean, there's miss there's nightmares across the entire field. Nobody can line up with that team right now. I mean, I they have, may be up 35 points, but they're going to score 36. So, I mean, with Antonio Brown starting to get incorporated in the offense and Godwin's healthy, and now we saw Gronk, a couple of great catches. I mean, I, I mean, Leonard Fournette's like an afterthought, and he's not the great. Right. I just think there's too much that can go wrong, and they can still win a football game. I, I still think for us against good teams and good football teams, a lot has to go right for us to stay relevant in these games. I feel like, too, I don't like making, like, sport, like, different sport comparisons, but I feel like it's almost, I feel like Tampa, no matter what their record is, when they sneak in, no one wants to play Tom Brady. If I was going to compare them to the Yankees when they went to the wild card, when you go, when you play those two teams, like, the Buccaneers haven't made the playoffs in a decade, but when you see Tom Brady there, I feel like the Yankees, like, with Tom Brady, I feel like that's just teams you don't want to play. So I feel like Tampa would be – they're just a different animal with Tom Brady and all those weapons. So I just feel like they'll be Washington because they have that five spot. I mean, Washington's right. a disaster. There's a chance they don't get in still. I think this is the most vulnerable Tom Brady's been, like almost yeah. – right. And it's, I mean, for whatever reason. But, I mean, I totally think they're vulnerable. But, yeah. um, you know, I – but. But yeah, I, I don't think the Bears are on the same level as the, as, as the Buccaneers yet. But no, I, don't I would, think they're on I, I would rather I'd rather play the Cardinals than the Bears probably. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I would say that, and I would, and with, I mean, you can even still make the argument that the Bears are a worse matchup than the Rams do a lot of. I know their defense is good, but again, like, it, I, it, it's so hot and cold with them. I don't know how people view them, but I don't think Jared Goff is is great. So like, I mean, even if he's healthy, I think the Bears are are. Um, scarier team than them almost too but and he's going to be if or he's going to be he's not going to be 100 percent too so he's a turnover machine yeah. this year in the second half and now he's even more vulnerable yeah so yeah I feel like teams would rather yeah they are mm-hmm. there's our scary matchup Logan your point for sure yeah good point Logan then if you look at uh obviously the fourth seed which is going to go to the either the um, Giants the uh, Cowboys or the Washington football team, <laughs> obviously that's going to be kind of a shoe in it. You, you, you see that as almost kind of like a, you had to choose the worst you know, or the, the best of the worst you know, in that case, because there's a, actually a, a, a scenario where the Giants can get in at six and 10 if they beat the Cowboys and um, uh, the Washington football team loses to, to the Eagles. So there's a chance where you get a six and 10 team, a losing record with double digit losses in the playoffs. And I, I imagine that would be the first time ever. Did you guys ever do, did you guys do research on that? Because I knew there was a no, seven and nine team a couple of years ago. I think it was the Saints. Or no, it was the Seahawks. Like loss I haven't, I, there's been a seven and Seahawks. One, right? Yeah, seven mm-hmm. and nine. I think Seahawks did it in like 2009 or something. I think that was the, that was the Marshawn Lynch run. They played the Bears that year. They beat the yeah. Saints. They, so they the beat Saints. the Saints and, they beat, and then they played the Bears. The Bears beat them. Yeah. And that's what they that's when they went to the NFC championship game and lost. That's right. You're right. But you can win a game, baby. Yeah. You can win a game. Yeah. I just think yeah. that's that's an interesting matchup, especially if Alex Smith comes back and he's 
if he is feeling healthy, you know, they got a pretty good defense in Washington. I mean, that's the kind of matchup I was thinking about for Tampa Bay. They should, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's just any, anyone's plays. game. If Alex Smith plays, I would not want to play them. I mean, I'm, I don't think Alex Smith is good to like go win a game, but he's, he like, to our, I mean, they are by far the best team on paper in that division right now. Dallas is playing well, though. They're defense. And honestly, oh, you may man. want to I mean Andy Dalton is he's thrown for some well. serious yards. And yeah. if you uh, if you compare this playoff to the AFC, so just for instance, if it's the Bears, Cardinals, and then Washington for three of the seven, um, an eleven and five AFC team might not get in. So it's just crazy how a nine and seven team will get in. Uh, potentially, yeah. Um, so yeah, I just feel like. This year we're lucking out in the NFC if we happen to beat Green Bay. But um yeah, I mean that fifth spot though, that if if Tampa remember who they lose to a couple weeks ago when that ref moved the ball up. Remember that game? No, they won because of that. I know. Remember when the ref moved up? If they happen to lose that game and if Minnesota? we and if, I think it was Minnesota. Yeah, was it I thought it was the Raiders. I don't but we I was just gonna say if they yeah. lost that game. And if they happen to if they happen to uh, lose one of the games after that too, we could have snuck up to five, which would have been crucial. Yeah, it all goes back to that the uh, first podcast we talked about the the Detroit game. Had we won that game and been on this heater going into um, going into uh, Green Bay game, there's a potential that we could have been that fifth seed. You're right. And there's also a potential chance that we could have clinched the playoff spot by now and had we you know beaten. Mm-hmm. Uh, LA, you know, have Every we beaten LA game. earlier this season? And we Every got Bears lucky. Have we made the Every Bears right. fan can send a dollar to carry on Johnson, whoever it was, a DeAndre Swift who dropped. Swift. I was going to say, I almost called those games wash. You know, you know, because yeah. we could have lost that game. Uh, it was just, it's just a weird season. Work, that's yeah, that's how that's what football is, it all, right? It all evens out. And so, so. If, if, let's go. Let's jump back on the train here for Green Bay this weekend. I know we kind of alluded to it earlier, but let's try and get some. Let's try and get some keys to succeed on Sunday, and then predictions um, on what we think is going to come out here um, at, at three twenty-five or four twenty-five on uh, in Soldier. So, what do you think, Mitch? What are the, your two keys to succeed for the Bears this weekend against uh, Green Bay? My two keys to succeed would uh, ground and pound continue to to, to win the. Uh, the, the running game battle. So I'd like to see, you know, 125, 150 rushing yards. I think if you can do that successfully, you're good. And then to Scotty's point, I think it's going to be turnover battle. So if we can run the, it's going to, it's the same recipe, run the football and win the turnover battle. It's going to be your best chance to win against this team. What do you think, Scotty? Um, I was going to say stop the run uh, on defense with the seeing uh, AJ Dillon uh, do what he did yesterday. Um because we've gotten trampled on the run game on the first tries of every game. I feel like if we um, happen to hold them to zero points on the first drive, it will be, it's going to be crucial. And I was going to say too, I feel like if we get the tight end game involved too on offense, if one of our tight ends happen to score a touchdown, if they happen to combine for 60 or 70 yards, Komet and Graham, I feel like that will just open up everything for A-Rob and Mooney and maybe Miller. I feel like he, Maybe it's due for a couple big catches. So, yeah, I feel like getting the tight ends involved again is what's won games for us and let us score points. And I, I can echo what you're saying, Mitch, about running the ball. I think that Montgomery needs to have a heavy dose 
on offense for this for this to be a game because what that does is kind of a one A of my keys to succeed is keep number twelve off the field. So if you're feeding the ball to, to Montgomery, you're keeping twelve off the field and and you're giving us you know you're giving us some time to catch our breath on defense. So I think if you run the ball, you're kind of doing multiple things. You're playing to your strength as an offense and you're keeping the best player on the field um, off the field. So I think that's going to be my first key key to succeed. And I think my second one is to just let them play. Let Mitch play if you're, the, if you're the offensive coordinator. Don't put too much on his plate. Don't tell him to do too much. Just let him play. And, I, and if you say you get out there and you tell him this before he gets on there, if you don't see anything, and I mean anything, you don't see any blue jersey, throw it in the stands. And, and if he doesn't do that, which he most likely won't because he's not the guy here, then you get all the proof in the pudding you need. And you go to the management if you're naggy and say, look, we told him to throw the ball away. He won't. He refuses. And, uh, it, you know? That's a good point, too. I was going to emphasize that earlier. When uh, I listened to Nagy's post game last night, and then uh, Brad Biggs asked the question, like, would you tell Mitch, would you talk about after the interception? Then he's like, next play mentality. And you've heard that for three years when he makes that stupid inter- – just throw it away. You can't have any stupid mistakes on Sunday. You got to throw away that ball. And then they got too cute when they did that handoff to commit. What Montgomery's doing, he's four, he's fourth in the league in rushing. Just give him the ball three times inside the five. My first single. It's, it's kind of a double prop. I think that's going to be the biggest thing. It's Montgomery's pro- probably Montgomery's first down success leading to third mm-hmm. and situations. We need to be able to convert into Logan's point, extend drives to keep 12 off the field. To do that, you have to convert on third down. So if you can get into third yeah. situation. And try, and, and try not to get on third downs like a couple weeks ago when we only had, I think, eight or nine third downs. Right. Yeah, if you keep it less than 10, I mean, that, that that's the key to the game. I just don't want them to get too cute in the red zone because they've, they've, uh, they've been making – they haven't been dumb um, in the red zone the last couple weeks, but obviously we saw in that losing streak they're doing – stupid shit too um yeah so if you happen to throw it just just don't do anything stupid no double coverage shit and you saw that touchdown he had uh to Graham that first one on that slant in the middle of the field and that was a beautiful throw he got it out quick he wasn't doing any stupid circling across the field stupid fluttering non-spiral throws and if you're in the red zone I want him to get the ball out quick you know yeah, it's just just don't hold the ball for five seconds and do something you can't do. Yeah. So, Mitch, what do you got for prediction? Uh, I I got the game a little bit closer uh, than maybe some people have, but I have I have a twenty-seven twenty uh, Packers win. So I think we play well, but uh, lose by do you, touchdown. Do you think they get into the playoffs? Regardless based of the loss. Of that, based off of that, no. Uh, Scotty, what do you think? Um, I'm going to say 30, uh, 30 24 Green Bay, and I don't think we're going to get in the playoffs. Okay. I think we're going to be I'm, – I'm similar to how Scotty's thinking. It's going to be like that 31-24. It's going to be like a seven-point game. I think the more you look at the line this week, the more you'll see it favor the Green Bay. I think it's at five and a half right now. Um, get one up to eight and a half. It's already gone up to eight and a half. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me. I figured that was going to get at least a one score uh, touchdown touchdown that game. I think it's going to be yeah, 31. I'd say 31-24. I think it's going to be Green Bay 
I do think, though, they're going to get into the playoffs with some luck, with some help from uh, Los Angeles. 